Hey everybody, welcome to Tara and Andrew versus the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. I'm Andrew. I'm Tara. And this is part 30 in our 3,726 part series where we select a movie at random from the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide, watch it, do some research, and then tell you what we thought and learned. So we have one major rule for this podcast. We must watch the movie we pick as long as neither of us have seen it. We're locked in no matter what. There are some exceptions. You can check them out on our website if you want. Or we will invoke them if the situation calls for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so last time we watched Pink Flamingos, John Waters' infamous 1972 movie with a bunch of unpleasant stuff in it. Yeah, a movie that uh, can universally gross out and or offend people. Yeah, I mean, it, that's what he was setting out to do. Then hats off to him. You did it. Super effective. Yep. Also great for a diet. Like if you if you want to go on a diet. Yeah. You know, watch that movie. Yeah, it's uh probably one of the more difficult movies we've had to watch and or talk about. I, I think the only thing that was comparably difficult was probably Lilia Forever. Yeah. And then like more so. That's obviously less uh less comedic in nature. So. Uh. Not at all. That's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> less comedic than pink flamingos yeah lily forever <laughs> has like maybe one line that you'll kind of chuckle softly to yourself at and then it's just misery on both sides of that throughout the entire rest of the movie so yeah this week it is andrew's dubious honor to choose a movie Get i don't know over. why i'm trying to close my eyes <laughs> just trying to not have any culpability in this i guess yeah all right you okay. ready i'm ready Starting to Stop. It's not good when I hear you muttering, no, oh no, god. No. Okay. So we're watching a movie called Demon Lover. Okay. It's from 2002. Okay. It's from France. The exotic spy thriller is injected into the modern corporate world, then veers off into an expressionistic portrait of high-tech porn and exploitation. Connie Nielsen plays a double agent manipulating two entertainment conglomerates that are fighting over a 3D CGI anime porn that they expect to be all the rage. Understandably so. <laughs> when Dominique Raymond gets kidnapped, Chloe Sevigny aids Nielsen, or maybe not, since she's obviously suspicious of her. No one knows whom they can trust until all of the cards have been laid out on the table, and even then it's a bit sticky. Mm. Slickly shot, sometimes with intentionally disorienting digital video, most of the film is very gripping and tense, especially when it erupts into some pretty brutal violence. But right when it seems to have reached a fairly satisfying conclusion, Isaias launches into a half hour of Lost Highway style incomprehensible gloominess and sadism. Oh, God. And that's it. Okay, so, great. Good great. job, Andrew. Demon lover. Demon lover. One word. Demon, okay. Demon lover. Demon lover. Sounds fucking weird so i mean mm -hmm. it's a 130 minute long movie uh, so two hour and ten minutes oh i mean you know it's gonna be long when they say it launches into a 30 minute yeah that's <laughs> lost uh, highway style incomprehensible whatever gloomy sadist bullshit yeah when the review said most of it is good i'm just like most uh-oh uh, uh yeah oh and it didn't say most of it is good it said most of it's gripping intense okay well uh, <laughs> 
Jeez, you're already interjecting. Yeah, I'm, you're, I'm, you're, you're casting aspersions. Like, I just heard anime porn for filmmaking. <laughs> That's all I need to hear. I am on board. Oh, 110%. 3D CGI anime porn conglomerates. When you get all those words <laughs> yeah. into a movie write-up, I don't like... think uh, that's the first time and last time those words will be combined, I think. Uh, probably not. Probably, well, yeah, I mean... In this post-Ready Player One world. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, we will be back after this musical interlude with our thoughts on Demon Lover. Demon Lover! should yeah yeah so we just finished watching demon lover in a lot of ways i think that was one of the things that i liked most about the movie is just the opportunity to say demon lover like that yep should we just jump straight into the rating yep so as always our five point scale ranges in order from lowest to highest don't watch maybe don't watch uh maybe watch and don't not watch so on the count of three, we will simultaneously give our ratings, which we have not discussed beforehand. No, we have not. I'm as much as it can be when we're watching a movie together in the same room. We, we both probably have an idea of where one another stands. Not always. Not, not always. Not always. So on three, one, two, three. Maybe, maybe don't, don't watch. watch. What if I just said... Watch it. Just watch it. So just, just watch keep it. watching it. Just I can't even use repeat. our own rating. Yeah. I just... Then I, th- it might be divorce yeah, time. Yeah, I think you would be <laughs> justified <laughs> given the movie. I would be pretty worried. Not. I mean, there are surprisingly some people who have liked this movie quite a lot. But, I mean, there's. It depends on how you look at it, I guess. But there's people out there for pretty much any movie. Yeah, they're probably also the same people who go to some of those websites that uh, I'm sure we'll talk about very soon. Shortly. (laughs) So just one one note, there's some plot, but it's not all entirely relevant. There's like a lot of things that happen that are confusing or don't really matter. So this part might not take very long. And and even still, if we try to simplify it, it might still end up being confusing so apologies in advance if, if the movie doesn't sound like it makes any sense that's because it kind of doesn't make any sense it's not totally nonsensical no but, i mean I, I definitely was left at the end of it being like what was what what did we even watch yeah amongst other things we watched demon lover <laughs> yeah. again one of the nicest things i can say about it is that uh, I, I like saying demon Always like that. Well, there are a couple of things that are kind of comical that we'll we'll talk. Yeah, about. it's not not entirely awful. There's there's moments, but which um, is why I couldn't give it a, a just yeah, plain don't watch. Right, right. It's it's not it's not don't watch territory for sure. Uh, it's firmly a maybe don't watch. Yeah, uh, let's just get into the plot. I guess the one thing we should mention also is that there's kind of a main character, Diane, and there's not really any protagonist necessarily i would say she's not 
Yeah, there's not really anybody in here that you probably should like. Yeah, you're not rooting <sighs> for anybody. Yeah, I'll put it that way. But the focus of the movie is on Diane, and she works for a company called Wolf, Wolf Corporation. And it's a French company. They are in the midst of a negotiation for a contract with a Japanese company. And so as the movie opens up, they're on a plane flying to some meeting, I think. And we see her taking a cup of water into the airplane toilet and injecting Haldol into it, which it's an antipsychotic drug, but it frequently makes people dizzy or drowsy. And uh, so she injects that into a cup of water and then she goes out and she puts it on the tray next to one of her co-workers, Karen. And Karen drinks the water and then gets off the plane. She's starting to feel the effects of the Haldol. And then as she's kind of stumbling throughout the airport, two goons like grab her out of nowhere and they drag her off and shove her in the trunk of her car and drive off and we find out that they just like park the car somewhere and she's stuck for like 18, 18 hours, hours or something and so that's obviously what diane wanted as we find out because it, we see them her co-worker Herve, is like well obviously you know karen's not here and she's pretty fucked up from having been locked in their, the trunk of her car for that long so uh, I guess you were going to have to fill in for her. You know. Yeah, that's what she was going for. And then we find out also that uh, the other reason she had drugged Karen was because she is working for a competing company on the, on the side who is trying to get the information that the Wolf Corporation has that Karen was carrying in a, a briefcase that was like handcuffed to her, I guess. This corporation, it was like Mangatronics, is that what it Mangatronics. was? Mangatronics. Yeah, the, the goons, in addition to locking Karen in her trunk, get this information that Mangatronics is needing to try to get a leg up on the negotiations or to be able to kind of undercut what the Wolf Corporation is trying to negotiate with the, this Japanese company. So Diane ends up taking over this account where she's trying to settle this negotiation with this Japanese company. And so they go back to Tokyo and... There's like this conversation around a, a table where they're saying, uh, we just want to make sure you guys don't do child pornography exactly. This is not. It's the very kind casual. Of, well, yeah, it's all done very casually. And they're just like, you know, and it's only just because, you know, for legal purposes, that's not cool in France, <laughs> you know, so we just, we need to have a clause in our contract about it. Yeah. They're just like, what the hell? Not, not ethical purposes. Uh, yeah, legal, no, 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 That's what I mean. That's what's yeah. so goofy about it. You're like, what is wrong with all these people? And so they have this like five minute long conversation just confirming whatever that there's no they're, they're not using like underage models as the, the basis yeah. for their yeah for their horrible hentai yeah videos that they're making which we get to then see some examples of yeah uh, it's uh, extremely awkward and um one thought i had is whether the animation was done for the sole purpose of this movie or if they just had acquired the rights to show some existing yeah. stuff and then how did they pick what they showed yeah I like mean, what kind of job that must have been you'd like to think that it was something uh, that was made specifically for the movie because kind the of. Al alternative means that like that is something that there was a market for that had been produced because there were like people clamoring for that kind of well let's be entire. fair uh look at the internet there probably is a market what yeah. how lucrative it is i, I couldn't say yeah 
in fact, I think that comment kind of applies to a lot of what's coming up. Yeah, yeah. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Yeah. Anyway, so we see um, examples of this animation they do, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this is great. We're gonna we're gonna make so much money." And so the deal goes through. Basically, what they're looking at is going into the 3D graphic realm with this. Consumers want a more realistic, immersive experience when you're watching gross hentai videos, I guess. So Wolf Corporation is like, oh, we're so on board with this. This is going to be good. We're going to make so much money. Boom, deal done. Then we get back to Wolf Corporation headquarters, which is so fucking weird. It looks like there's this room in the office where it's like your worst nightmare from Wall Street. Yeah. Where it seems like they're doing all these stock trades and right. people shouting and they're like on phones and it's like, what yeah. is Volk Corporation yeah, exactly. even doing? Like, it's not the kind of company that you'd expect to be like acquiring rights to computer-generated hentai. Right. Like, It's just... so weird. Yeah. Everything about this is so weird. Yeah. So now we're introduced to Demon Lover, finally. The, the titular Demon Lover. So, yeah, the uh, the Wolf Corporation realize that they need to get some kind of American distribution going, and so that's where they meet up with Demon Lover, uh, which is a company in America that they are looking to partner with. And then the negotiations. So it's like these Americans show up from Demon Lover, and it's um, Elaine's, I don't even know how you say her last name, <laughs> Let's yeah. call her Elaine Gerbil, <laughs> <laughs> who's played by Gina Gershon, and she wears like the most ridiculous outfit. So she shows up for this meeting, first wearing a t-shirt saying "I heart gossip." Like, okay, this is how you go into business meetings for sure. I feel like that might have been a reference to something. Maybe it was. Um, Some review that I read made it seem like it was a reference to something, but they didn't elaborate at all. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a reference to liking gossip. Yeah, well, Come on. Yeah. So in this meeting between the Wolf Corporation and Demon Lover for American Distribution Setup, they start talking about a couple of lawsuits that are currently being waged against Demon Lover. One's for a website called starsnaked.com, and the other one is like, Lorecroftsexslave.com. They're like, oh yeah, it's a great website. You know, it's the the video game character Lorecroft, and people love it. And and Idos, which is the company that was making the Tomb Raider games back then, they're like, yeah, Idos is suing us for like thirty million dollars. Like, no shit, they are. Like, <laughs> sexslavelorecroft.com. You don't of course think that they are. Be, they might have some some problems with that. Yeah, for real. Like, that's not really something to be proud of necessarily it's just more like a natural happenstance from it's like yeah you guys are the dumb intellectual thought property. you were gonna get away with it without having to pay 30 million dollars yeah. for the stealing intellectual property yeah you have to wonder like how much money was was demon lover supposed to be making in order to be like so blase yeah about a 30 million dollar lawsuit like that right right so then diane who i'll remind you is Secretly working for Demon Lover's main competitor, Mangatronics, brings up an accusation that Demon Lover is a front for this website called Hellfire Club, which is a website where you can go and suggest ways to torture women who seem to be unwillingly being tortured online. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Pretty brutal, gross, sadomasochistic, awful crap. Elaine Gerbil from Demon Lover is like, oh no, we have nothing to do with them, but it's a pretty good website. Wink. Wink. 
So Diane, because she's working for Demon Lover's competitor, is tasked with going and stealing data from Elaine's room. And um, she breaks into the room and she's getting the information off the computer. And then Elaine comes back and she doesn't notice her at first. And then like she sees Diane in a mirror and they start fighting. It kind of ends with Diane stabbing Elaine in the neck with a shred of glass and then trying to smother her with a pillow. And she she's smothering her and smothering her like you do. And then, yeah, like you do. Like, like you do. And she then gets up from smothering for a minute and then she turns back around and like Elaine is gone and Elaine smashes her in the back of the head with a like a metal tray, ashtray I guess, a couple of times and knocks her out. And then um, Diane wakes up in a hotel room like stripped down to her undergarments and is like what the fuck just happened? And uh, that's basically what we're wondering for the rest of the movie from here on out as well. So she goes out into the hallway for the hotel and there is no sign of the fight that she'd had like the blood that had been splattered on the walls is totally cleaned up and there's no indication that anything is wrong at all and so she's like okay uh, let me just i'm just gonna go home now out of here yeah and then yeah it just is all kind of a mishmash of stuff from Pretty here much. on out there's like all this weird like other backstabby type stuff and um, and it's not entirely clear who is really working for who. Yeah. Chloe Seveny, we think, is working for Karen, but then it's not entirely clear that she is. And she gets into a car with Diane at some point and is holding a gun to her head and, <laughs> and makes her go into a parking garage and like rev the, the car's engine four times. And then it's like, all right, good. We're, we're done that's, here. That's it. That was the message. That's the message we needed to convey. Goodbye. We're like, what? What? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> What's that? And then Diane like gets out of the dr- parking garage and like it almost immediately picks her Elise back up. up. Again. Yeah, and it's like, what is going on here? Like, did did were they just like improving a movie at this point? Yeah, it was so weird. What am I supposed to do with this? You know, what's the point? Yeah, so uh, the, the movie it's just like throwing scenes at you, and nothing really makes an impression on, uh, from here on out. It feels like, I mean, nothing made an impression on me. Wow. I'll say maybe not. That might be true of everybody, but it's just like, yeah. what? Let's try and wrap up this mishmash of an ending, I guess. So it transpires that Demon Lover actually does own the Hellfire Club website. And then we find out that Elise actually works for Herve, who might also be working with Demon Lover and the Hellfire Club or not. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows anything about anything from this point on, basically. But for whatever reason, Diane still decides to go on a date with Hervé because they had that sexual tension in Tokyo. And it seems like a lot of the tension was because Diane thought that Hervé knew that she had drugged Karen. Karen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she was going along with it because she kind of had no choice. Yeah. She's trying to, like, cover up her guilt. Right. So she ends up on this date, and he basically, I guess at that point, reveals that he's working with Demon Lover, and I assume he knows that she's working for Mangatronics, and, but then they're like, well, let's go, let's go make out. Yeah. And so they do, they just like go to this hotel room, and they were making out, and then Herve rapes her twice, which is not cool. Luckily, Diane stashed a handgun in her purse, 
some time ago. So she pulls that out, shoots him in the temple. Boom, he's dead. Now it starts to get really messed up. Yeah, it's like it was messed up before, like disjointed <laughs> and confusing before, but now it just like goes right off the cliff. Yeah, right off the cliff. Yeah, so <sighs> That's we're not, right. we're That's not right. gonna really try to make sense or re-edit what we're talking about now because honestly, like this is about as what you would experience if you were actually watching the movie. And this this is pretty much on point. For, <laughs> yeah, for how it feels like the movie went at this point. So she goes and meets with Elise. They. Get on that helicopter. Get on the helicopter to go back to America. And then, isn't that right? Like, the pilot, like, grabs her hand. Yeah, and forces a pill into her mouth. But she, like, swallows it. She, yeah. like, takes the water herself. It yeah. just doesn't make any sense. So it's like this This pilot is holding Diane's hand outstretched. Elise puts a, a pill into it. The pilot puts it up to Diane's mouth. And then Diane, of her own free will, takes a sip of water to swallow the pill. And then she's, like, knocked out. Yeah. And first of all, like, eyes on the sky, dude. Don't. I mean, yeah. don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I think they, there's other people in the helicopter that could have handled that part of it. Yeah. So then Diane wakes up, and she's in this really skin-tight mod vinyl suit uh, with a wig on. And I'm like, shit. She's dressed up like Emma Peel from the Avengers. Yeah. What are they doing? And then I'm like, oh my god, they're referencing the Hellfire episode of The Avengers. So The Avengers is a really great show from the 60s. Very mod, very funny spy show. And Emma Peel was investigating the Hellfire Club. Yeah, so she is kind of like forced into this outfit and she's kind of waitressing at this club. Yeah, so it's like debauched dudes. Yeah, so the... When Diane wakes up, she's wearing a very Emma Peely outfit and wig, and so it's a pretty clear reference. To... Uh, yeah, it's a super clear reference. If you know what the, if you were familiar with the Avengers at all, you'd probably pick up on it. And you should be, because it's it's great. Yep. So Diane sits up and she realizes she's dressed like this, and she looks down at her feet and sees all these photos of Emma Peel, uh, and so she at that point is like, oh shit. And figures out where she's at, and so she smashes the window in the room and tries to escape. She manages to get into a car, but then she's chased by the guys who are at that house. They all get into a car accident. The last scene of the movie, I'll uh, let you take it away. Have fun. Yeah, uh, thank you. (laughs) The last scene of the movie is Diane waking up again, and she's like wearing latex body outfit, and she has to put a mask on, and then we see that she's being filmed and like she's being live streamed on the hellfire club website and so we're watching it this american teenager going and stealing his dad's credit card using it to buy access to the hellfire club and typing in what he wants to have happen to the the woman and then like the very last scene is diane wearing the outfit she's like staring up at the camera and and the kid's not even really watching it he's like doing his his homework is uh genetics homework which also that seems unrealistic what teenagers <laughs> taking a genetics class uh-huh. but, but oh god that's a social statement right there yeah because you remember when you were in high school and you're like you know what will help me study is like if i tell someone to torture a woman on camera for me and i just don't even watch it it's the only way I the can only get to way in. like i just Ugh. have to know that that's happening at my how else can i learn Think about the children. Yeah, helps them grow. Helps them... Oh, God, this movie was so misguided. It is... <laughs> so garbled and misguided. Yeah. It's like, they were probably trying to make commentary on people becoming desensitized to violence and 
you know, graphic imagery and talking about multinationalism and all that kind of stuff. But they just didn't do a great job of making their point. It was really clumsy and hard to follow. You didn't like anybody in the movie, which is, I guess, kind of the point in a way. Mm -hmm. But... Well, and I think one thing that was pretty telling was uh, there was an interview with the writer and director, Oliver Assayas, and he said the writing process was something, it was like, it is it really a film that comes very much from the gut. It was written very fast, totally on instinct, and it was not a theoretical film at all. So, yeah, I mean, the story yeah. checks out, I guess. Story checks out. Like, did you do an edit on it at all? Or were we just like, <laughs> all right, at the end, on to, let's get, to, get, get production started. Like, yeah, no wonder why they had the pilot, like, putting the pill in, in her mouth, it. and then she's drinking the water it's herself. Just, like, not in the script. He's like, like, he just totally put the wrong name in, and they just like, well, we have to film yeah, it like this. Like, uh, <laughs> it's weird, but I mean, just fucking. But it's in the script. Yeah. You gotta go with it. Um. Like, he obviously never sat down to think about how a website like Hellfire Club is probably not going to have a very wide audience. You'd like to think that, but... Oh, please don't say that. Yeah. This movie does not have a lot of... Positive points? Positive... <laughs> I don't know. <even> <laughs> I mean, that's true, for sure, but that's uh, not what I was trying to say. There, there really wasn't a lot of information out there, like background information... One thing that I thought was going to be kind of cool was that Sonic Youth did the soundtrack yeah. for the movie. And so when I saw that, when I was picking it up from Scarecrow, I saw that on the box. I'm like, oh, cool. That's that's a point in its favor. But like, the soundtrack's nothing exciting, really. It's kind of ambient a lot of the time. At least it feels like that's probably what their contribution was, was the more ambient, yeah. drony type stuff. And uh, what was kind of interesting, though, was that when they were making the music for it, they started off making the music based off of the script that they were provided for the movie. But then as the shooting was progressing, the director was sending them dailies of the film so they could kind of modify it based off of what they were seeing. And the, when the movie was being filmed, he was actually playing Sonic Youth music on set for the actors to kind of influence them. So just this weird cyclical thing where they were making music for a movie where the acting was being influenced by their other music. Interesting, but I can't say it really like, did much for me in terms of what they ended up with on the soundtrack. So one thing that kind of gives me a little bit of joy is that the movie was booed by French critics when it was shown at the 2002 Cannes Film Festival. I can kind of see why you'd react like that. Yeah, I mean, the critical response was pretty, pretty mixed. Mm-hmm. So I came across a really great quote from Scott Tobias from the AV Club who wrote up a review in 2010. But I was like, oh, this totally rings true to me. So Scott Tobias said, My guess is that Demon Lover was haphazardly back-engineered to accommodate an ironic twist ending that finds Diane forced into the Hellfire Club and tortured for the pleasure of some suburban teenager with daddy's credit card. It's one of those endings that you can see coming a mile away, and yet it makes absolutely no sense in execution. Yeah. It's like totally, you could totally see that happening. Like, oh, she's going to end up being tortured on the Hellfire Club website, of course. Yeah, and it just it doesn't have any impact. No, no impact. There was that one horror movie that we watched that was pretty creepy about the woman being terrorized by internet hackers. And yeah. Then, like, and I forget what it was called, but that was a much more effective totally implementation of that idea and spoiler that ending so it's, it's not really a spoiler if i don't tell spoiler. you what the movie is. <laughs> spoiler for this unnamed movie 
Uh, you, you'll figure it out. You'll, <laughs> you'll know. figure you'll it know. out. You, you got it. Uh, one, of, one of the common things that we saw in the reviews uh, that we were looking at, because that's kind of what we had to like rely on to find anything, anything uh, about, about this movie, movie. Yeah, was that there were a lot of comparisons to Videodrome, yeah. David Cronenberg's Videodrome. And, you know, I can kind of see the comparisons that they would make there. There, there are some similarities, but th- there's like one pretty notable difference between the two, and that's that Videodrome is a good movie, uh, and this movie is not not really a good movie, necessarily, in my professional no. estimation. You know, as we were desperately scouring the internet for something to, to talk about, aside from discussing the plot here, um, I, was, I was looking at the trivia section on the IMDb page for it, and uh, there, there was uh, someone who posted something about, like, this movie, it says, uh, they would call it anime manga, and it's not manga, it's anime. And and it's like, I don't really remember them even <laughs> saying manga very much in the movie, except when they were referencing, like, Mangatronics. And it's like, you know what, motherfucker, there is a, a anime company called Manga Entertainment. Like, and may still, they may still be around, so whatever. So, like, shut up. It's it's fine. Actually. Actually. Yeah, so. Yeah, uh, Demon Lover. That's it. Probably, maybe don't watch it. Probably, maybe don't watch. Probably, maybe don't watch. It's <laughs> the new midway point between <laughs> don't watch and uh, maybe don't watch. Yeah. All right, so that, that's Demon Lover. And uh, I guess, you know, with that being done, we should have ourselves a... Seamless Transition. <laughs> And what we were wanting to transition to for this episode was talking about the Try Guys. Try Guys. Try Guys. Um, it's a BuzzFeed video series. I don't know if anybody listening to this is familiar with BuzzFeed at all. Probably it's not. It's a pretty small, pretty like independent niche website. Yeah, so, much like the Hellfire Club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure <laughs> they would love that comparison. Um, well, so, I guess more appropriately, like StarsNaked.com, yeah, yeah. as as we'll talk and we'll be talking about. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, on one hand, like, you know, it's kind of funny for us to be like, we should go check out this, uh, series of web videos that millions of people <laughs> subscribe to, but as Tara pointed out, like, we, like, nobody told us about it, we just had to find out about it the hard way, so, I'm sure there may be people listening to this who don't know that they should be watching the Try Guys, but you should be watching the Try Guys videos. You totally should be watching the Try Guys. It's these, these four dudes, uh, Eugene, Keith. Ned and Zach, and they do all sorts of ridiculous shit on camera, like... All kinds of stuff. Oh my god. Um, They're stranded out in the ocean. (laughs) One of the recent ones they did was uh, trying to recreate this thing they saw a guy do on the internet where he was naked with a tablecloth on him and a a mug of cold water. Of cold water and have the tablecloth be ripped away. Yeah. With the without m- it spilling onto without their... it spilling onto them, so they did that. Pretty, uh, pretty funny. Pretty funny. Um, There's a lot of them naked. A lot of them naked. Yeah, they're not hesitant about getting naked, which is, is part of the reason why it's entertaining. More than that, I'd say it's their chemistry. Like well, they have, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm in for the naked dudes. Oh god. <laughs> uh, this episode is getting deleted. <laughs> Just gonna be a gap, like no, no episode thirty. <laughs> episode redacted. Yeah, but 
they do all sorts of ridiculous shit. Like, they try the machine that simulates labor pains. They go yeah. on, like, the American Ninja Warrior show and try to try to succeed at that. They try everything on the McDonald's menu. Yeah, that's horrifying. That's, like, the first video, one of the first videos we saw of them. Oh, boy. And it's, yeah, troubling. Yep. Not as troubling as them trying the food at Trump Tower, though. Yes. That actually, that's how they spent Inauguration Day. Yeah, that, that's probably a good starting point. Uh, it's a good one, the, yeah. So, they're, they're just, like Tara said, their chemistry is really great. They're super funny dudes and super charming. So, there's a ton of their videos on, on YouTube, and you should watch them. Yeah. They already, as mentioned, have a, a massive, a massive following. following. But but if you're late to the, late to the party, yeah, you to know, me. like we were. Yeah. Just know that they're there, and they're and we, great. And we and endorse watching. Yep. We're pro-try guys. Pro-try pro guys. So if you want to keep on top of our episode releases, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play and all of the podcasting distribution systems of your choosing. You can also see our blog posts that we write for each episode if you go to our website, terraandandrewverses.com. Uh, if you have any comments or feedback, you want to shoot us an email, you can send that to terraandandrewverses at gmail.com. And we're all over the social medias, Facebook and Instagram and yep. whatnot. So all the social you can, medias. You can find us there as well. Uh, I would like to say thank you to the fantastic Seattle band Boat for allowing us to use their song lately off the album Setting the Paces. Thank you, Boat. Thank you, Boat. And uh, lastly, we would just like to say that if you are in the Seattle area, you should definitely consider patronizing Scarecrow Video because they are great, they're one of a kind, and they really deserve and I'm sure would appreciate your money. If you're not in Seattle, there's, I'm sure, some comparable but not as good independent video stores that you could be patronizing, so just look around, I guess, and figure it out for yourself. We can't do everything for you. God, why do you make us do everything God. for you? <laughs> The burden. The burden of being amateur podcasters. <laughs> well, uh, until next time, catch, catch you later, later, potato, potato hags. hags.